0: go in our Bibles to the book of of Haggai chapter number one Haggai chapter number one did I mention there's cookies and ice cream after this and I got to tell you those cookies and ice cream are going to begin to be served at 4.15 so I want you to just kind of put your mind at ease right now I'm probably more excited about it than you are I I used to be quite a bit heavier than I am now, and I I never liked sweets. I just, I got fat on fried foods. But now that I've lost some weight, I love love sweets, and so I'm excited. Uh, I woke up with anticipation. Haggai chapter number one, I also want to honor all of our guests that are here. Uh, My district superintendent, Pastor Reaver from Baltimore, is here with us today, and his family. I honor them. My pastor, Brother Scott Marshall from Kentucky, is here all the way from Kentucky. My friends, Johnny and Logan Cranor, uh, Several guests, several people, and of course, IBC, what a great job they did. Would you just uh, show them your appreciation for being here today? Man, I'd like for you guys to come back next week, please, and maybe, uh, and the next week. And uh, Okay, we're, we're moving the music department to Washington, D.C., Let Brother Carson know. (laughs) Haggai chapter number 1, beginning at verse number 1. We're going to begin a series today uh, over these next three weeks. So so come back next week uh, as we continue a series that we're going to call Build This House. We're looking at the building of the temple just prior to the period of silence, prior to the Messiah's come. Haggai chapter number 1, beginning of verse number 1, reading in the New King James Version. The Bible says, In the second year of King Darius, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, to Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltel. I guess that's how you pronounce it. I really, I could have picked an easier verse for launch day. Governor of Judah and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, This people says... The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourselves to build or to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and brought in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink. But you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. On This first week of our Build This House series, I want to preach to you just for a few moments. On this thought, time to build. Time to build. If you would, just one more time, would you just close your eyes and open up your heart and say, God, I want you to speak to me through your word today. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We know there is power in it. That your word is able to speak into nothing and create everything. And I pray that this word, God, that it would find my heart and that my heart would be good soil. That you would challenge me through your word today. Help us, God, to build a house for you, to build a house that your presence would dwell in, to build a house that would bring you glory. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen, you can be seated. I'm going to remain standing, so feel sorry for me. Any procrastinators in the house? Hey, whoa, whoa. You're way too excited about that. Some of you are so bad, you're going to even wait to answer that question. You're like, I might answer that later. You know, time is an interesting thing. I don't know about you, but I'm still recovering from last Sunday, daylight savings time, losing an hour of sleep. Whoever thought of that had it been a sick individual. But just this week, I have, I think, good news. The Senate passed a bill unanimously, now that's a shocker. They passed a bill unanimously to make daylight savings time permanent. And their approval rating just skyrocketed. But I saw an article this week in the Washingtonian that caught my attention. As it examined the last time that Congress had made the decision to put a pause on daylight savings time, And they examined the consequences of that decision, urging us to consider what happens, they said, when we tinker with time. But the reality is that time isn't something that we can control. You can't stop it. You you can't slow it down, no matter how often we've tried. You can't rewind it, and you, you can't even speed it up. Time moves on. The only question, then, is not how we slow it down or how we tinker with it, but instead it's what we will do with the time that we have. Time. To further complicate matters, we don't even know how much of it we have. It's a lot easier to manage something when you know the balance of it. Time. But I didn't come today with the intention of sharing tips on how to better manage your time. I need to read a few of those books myself to save time or to waste time. But I do believe that we must, as Paul said to the church in Romans chapter number 13, verse 11, we must know the time and that that recognition by the help of the Lord, it should propel us to do the only thing with the time that we have that will truly make a difference in our lives and in our communities, and that is that we must use this time building this house. Creating the moments where God can meet us and can touch us and can do for us what no one else can do. I declare to you today, it is time to build this house. Haggai is a short book, it's only two chapters in length, everyone's favorite preacher. But it is powerful in that God is speaking directly to his people. And he begins by telling them a truth. He says, this people says, the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Now, I love this because he says, this people. Now, sometimes when God's talking about the people, he says, my people, my people. But this time... He's so frustrated, he doesn't say my people. He says this people. It's kind of like that spouse. You know, when you come home and your spouse says, do you know what your children have done today? (laughs) He says this people say that the time has not come that it's not time to build my house. Now, why are they saying this? Well, if you study the Scripture, you'll discover that they're saying this because the last time they tried to do it, it got hard. There was opposition. And so when they faced some opposition, they said, well, this can't be the will of God because this isn't very easy. So instead, they decided to build their own houses and to work on their own thing. Their response was, this must not be the right time. So instead of putting God first and seeing the value of building a meeting place with Him, the Bible says they went and they built their own houses and they did their own thing. They chased their own dreams. They bought their own stuff. They decided to use their time on their own comforts, on their own desires. And then they realize that they're still not satisfied. God says this. He says, you've sown so much. And yet you bring in so little. You eat, but you don't have enough. You drink, but you're never satisfied. You you earn wages, but you put those wages in places into a bag with holes. I think those were gas tanks maybe. I don't know. He says you earn money, but it's not enough. You buy stuff, but it's not enough. You do all the things. But you are not satisfied. There's still a hunger for something. And I tell you that I see this all over our city. And I see it all over our day. There is more money that is spent here than almost anywhere else. People are reaching their goals. They're buying their things. They're closing the deals. They're passing the bills. And yet it is not enough and perhaps even there would be some in this room that you would be honest with yourself and you would say that you feel as though you are in that place, you're pouring your life into some career and it feels empty and hollow, you you have more stuff than you've ever had before and yet you still don't feel satisfied, you entertain yourself, you do all the things, you go on the vacations and yet you are still not happy, there is still a longing a desire for more perhaps you are in a place where you're still believing and thinking that maybe if you reach the next place or you get the next promotion or the next job opens up, then you will finally be satisfied and then you will finally be happy. And I just got to preach to you today for a few moments and tell you that God says you've got to consider your ways, that you will never find satisfaction in stuff. You will never find happiness in your career and in more money and in more possessions if you are not building His house. Consider your ways, He says. In other words, how are you spending your time? And understand, God isn't against us having stuff. He just doesn't want the stuff to have us. He said, you're spending all of your time, this precious resource, this, this invaluable resource that you don't have as much of as you think you do, and you're using it on your house while my house is in ruins. The place where I'm supposed to meet with you isn't there. And he says, it's a pretty nice house you have. It's a paneled house. Now, paneling in a house is not all that nice today. I, get, I think maybe if God was writing it to us, he would be like, you have shiplap on all of your walls. Huh. Joanna Gaines would be jealous of your house. And yet the place where I'm supposed to meet you isn't there. I have to tell you today that there will always be reasons why it doesn't seem like it's the right time to put God first. There's always going to be another shift that you can work. There's always going to be another bill that needs to be paid. There's always going to be another obligation that needs to be met. If you are looking for reasons why, there are many. But I've just got to warn you through the scripture today and tell you that you need to consider your ways because you will find that there is never enough time to get enough stuff to meet all of your needs when the house of God, the place where God wants to meet you, is laying in ruins. If you're waiting for a convenient time, to build the house, it will never come. How many know it is never easy to put God first? It's always easier to put myself first. My wife, if she was in here, she would say amen. But I'm not looking for easy, and this is where we've got to be. Because if we want God to meet with us, If we want God to move in our lives and in our hearts and do for us what we could not do for ourselves, we've got to determine that we're not looking for easy, we're looking for right. And we want to do what is right. We want to have a right walk with Him. We want to to do the right thing for our future. We want to do the right thing for our community. We want to do the right thing for our family. We want to do the right thing for God. Because you've got to understand this. The roads of convenience and the road of God's call never meet up. It's time to build the house. But what is God's house? It's looked many different ways. For Jacob in the book of Genesis, the house of God was a place where he had a stone for a pillow. And suddenly God showed up and met him there. Sometimes the house of God doesn't look how you expect it to. In Exodus, God gave the children of Israel the tabernacle plan as he said... In Exodus 25, 8, let them build me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. There, in that place, the house of God looked like a tent that was mobile and traveled. Solomon would build a temple for God's house so incredible that people would travel from all over the world to see it. There, the house of God looked like opulence and luxury. But for each of them, there was a common thread. The house of God. Was the place where God met man. It was the place where heaven met earth. So, see, the house of God, it isn't so much a building blueprint, it isn't so much a particular location as it is a position that you find yourself in where you are crying out to God and you're asking for God to meet you there. That becomes The house of God. And so what I believe that God was saying to the people in Haggai. And what he would say to you and I today on this launch Sunday. Is that if we do not have a place where God meets us. Then nothing else matters. The building doesn't matter if God doesn't meet us here. I'm thankful that we have this spot above the dry cleaners as our first spot. We don't have to set up and tear down. Praise God for that. But it does not matter if God does not meet us here. If the National Cathedral, if I don't know who's in charge, I guess the Pope, if he woke up tomorrow morning and said, I want to give Freedom Church D.C. the National Cathedral, that would be great. I would take it. But it would not matter if God does not meet us. If the miraculous doesn't happen, if lives aren't changed, then what we are building doesn't matter. But I preach to you today that it's time to build the house of God the place where God will meet with us, the place where God will change our hearts and our lives, the place where God said that if you will build it, I'll put my name there and I'll change hearts and I'll change lives there. And it may be on the second floor of a dry cleaner or it may be in a hotel room or it it may be somewhere else altogether. It does not matter where it is. What matters is that God is there. So I tell you today that you've got to settle it in your spirit. I will build a place that God will meet with me. I will build a place where God's presence can touch me and change me and do for me what I cannot do for myself. Stand with me. And so God says, go up to the mountain and get wood and build the temple. God starts a building program. We're not going to launch one of those on launch week. That might be a bad idea. He says, and this is what I want you to do, and this is what I really want to leave you with. He says, I want you to go to the mountain to get the wood. In other words, it's not going to be easy. I mean, I'd rather go to the the 84 Lumber, or at least go to the valley where it's not so difficult to traverse. But God says, go up to the mountain. God, have you ever seen the mountain? (laughs) That's hard. Like, you know, God, it's supposed to be easy to follow you. God's like, no, you've got to learn to do the hard right thing over the easy wrong thing. You see, on mountains, there's more timber at the bottom than there is at the top. So why would God say go up to the mountain? Because there's less of it there. It's more rare up there. What God wanted them to give them was going to cost them something. It was going to require effort and sacrifice and hard work. And I'll tell you that if you want God to meet you at a place, then it is going to always cost you something. And it is always going to require some effort on your part. God is not interested in you giving Him your convenience and you giving Him what's easy. He said if you want the glory to come down, then you're going to have to go up. When you're building the house, it's going to be work. It can't be done the way everyone else will do it. You've got to go up to the mountain. You've got to go higher. You've got to climb higher. I know that last time you faced a little opposition and you quit, but here's a fresh opportunity for you to go up. And so I invite you today, of course, if you don't have a church home, I invite you to join our team in building this house. But regardless of whether you join this team to build this house, you've got to understand something, that your life is a house. He said, know you're not that your body is the temple of God. And so while you spend all your time and effort doing and getting and achieving, don't stop and build a place for God to meet with you. Then it will never be enough. And so, on this opening service, weekly service, Freedom Church, I want to take just a few moments, and I want to ask us to pause and consider our ways, to examine our hearts, our lives. Say, God, have I put you? Am I building your house, or have I been consumed and sidetracked building my own? Am I willing to pay the price to go up the mountain? Am I willing to push through the opposition and the doubt and the disappointment and the fear and all of those things? Am I willing to go up so that His glory can come down? every head bowed and every eye closed, I feel the presence of the Lord here today. And certainly... God's presence, His availability is not limited to a few, but whosoever will. If you would just consider your ways for a few moments on this sunny afternoon and say, God, I want to build your house. I believe it's time to build. I believe it's time to make fresh commitment. I I believe it's time for me to commit myself to going to church faithfully. I believe that it's time to commit myself to prayer and to reading the word. I believe that it's time for me to take my time and quit wasting it on myself and put it on you. And I'll tell you that when you decide to go up, you'll feel the glory come down. And God's presence will begin to touch you. Now, right there where you're standing, why don't you just begin to reach up to the Lord for just a moment and say, God. I want to commit myself to you. I want to commit myself to your word. I want to commit myself to building your house. Forgive me for every time that I've been putting paneling on my house, that I've been distracted by my goals and my dreams and my bills and my obligations. And help me, God, to commit myself to you afresh today. Now, I believe that the power of the word of God is connected to our, not just our,